0: Um, It has been said already that I love Christmas, and I do. I really, really do, Um, and Christmas is increasingly uh, one of my favorite times of the year, and and with the Christmas season comes Advent. Now, I, I grew up in a church. That um, celebrated Advent, uh, and so <clears throat> I I didn't want to take it for granted that all of you also grew up in a church that celebrated Advent. Uh, so what I'd like to do tonight is just briefly go over what it is we're preparing for, and even um, what Advent is. Um, and 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 as I said, it's. This season is one of my favorites. And and I think that's because what we celebrate at Christmas is is of utmost importance for our lives as Christians. We celebrate the birth of our Savior. Now, in order for us to do this, we, we sing great songs, we have great passages of Scripture that we turn to with, with regularity. So I, I love the hymns, I love the theology of the Incarnation, and, and I love the significance of this time of year. Um, <clears throat> I think there are some things, though, that... I, I, well, I guess I'm just going to burst your bubble, um, because a few of the songs that we sing uh, aren't actually Christmas songs. Uh, did you know Joy to the World is not actually a Christmas song? Um, Isaac Watts wrote that song about the second coming of Christ. Not the first, but we just kind of have hijacked it. Because it, it, do, I mean, it seems to make sense for the, for the first coming of Christ. But if, if, if you really look at the lyrics, you'll see, you know, he's talking about something just a little bit different there. Um, so joy to the world, not actually a Christmas song, and secondly, one of my, one of my favorite Christmas songs um, is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Um, we sang it when we were in Kentucky two Sundays ago, and every time I sing that song, I, I remark, I, you know, I've forgotten since last year just how good this song is, And and I would be of the camp that you know, maybe we should sing Christmas songs year-round. I, I listen to Christmas music year-round, so judge me if you must. But Hark the Herald Angels Sing originally appeared in the Wesley Hymnal written by Charles in 1739 under the title, A Hymn for Christmas Morning. And the lyrics were quite different. Uh, the first line was, Hark! How all the welkin rings? Does anybody know what a welkin is? See, that's why that's why George Whitfield changed the lyric. It's like nobody knows what that is. Um, a welkin just means the expanse, the skies. Hark! How all the welkin rings. The skies are proclaiming the glory of God. Basically, is what it's saying. Um, and so Whitfield went on to publish it in his own hymnal in 1753 without asking the permission of Charles Wesley, but it ended up being okay because um, it was much better. And it's the song that we sing today, uh, thanks to George Whitfield. But in that song specifically, um, we're reminded of the importance of the birth of Jesus when we sing something like, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hail the heavenly-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all He brings, risen with healing in His wings. Mild He lays His glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, Born to give them second birth. There is some rich theology in that. And you can hear echoes of the Old Testament, of the New Testament, and and all of it in between. Speaking of the wonder of what we celebrate at Christmas. And what is captured in this wonderful song is the importance of Jesus being born as a man. Without the birth of Jesus, not only do we have no Christmas, but we have no salvation. Jesus came to this earth to pay the penalty for our sins, but in order for Him to do that, He had to first come in our likeness. Or as John says it, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He had to come and dwell among us in a way that was like us, in the flesh. Jesus took to himself flesh so that he could live a perfect life. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. The Lord Jesus came to this earth to identify with us By becoming like us. So I I just wonder if if you have ever stopped to wonder and ponder the mystery of the Incarnation. The mystery of Jesus taking on flesh. That is how and why God became man. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. God becoming man. Christmas isn't merely a birthday celebration. It is that. We plan to have a birthday cake and and sing songs Christmas morning. But it's not merely a birthday celebration. It's a yearly reminder that Jesus came into our mess and lived a perfect life. I think, though, we often focus on the death of Christ, and, and for good reason, because by His death our debt is paid. However, without first the perfect life of Christ, His sacrificial death would have been meaningless. The wonder of Christmas is that the Lord Jesus comes to us in the flesh, is like us, and yet is completely unlike us because he's perfectly holy. Because of his perfect life, his sacrificial death has eternal meaning. So in part, this is what Advent is all about. Preparing our hearts to celebrate the eternally significant meaning of Christmas. So what then is Advent? Advent. Advent simply is a word that means coming or arrival. As a season, Advent is part of the church calendar that prepares us for the arrival of Jesus. So it's proper then to speak of two Advents of Jesus. The one that has already happened, His birth, and, and the one that has not yet taken place, His return. In our low church tradition, we don't usually follow the church calendar, which would include things like, and I had to look these up because I had no idea, um, Advent season, Christmas season, Epiphany season. Does anybody know what Epiphany celebrates? Good answer. The Sunday school answer, Jesus. Yes. Epiphany celebrates... uh, the coming of the Magi to Jesus, so, and, and it's celebrated as the revelation of Jesus to the Gentiles. Epiphany season, Lenten season, Holy Week, Easter season, the season after Pentecost, Holy Days, and then there's just ordinary time. I didn't look into what ordinary time is. I am curious, so I might do that, but I, I don't. I, if you have a question about it, I can't answer it. However, even though we don't celebrate these things, this entire calendar that, that directs the year and focuses on specific things that are important to the life of the church, I think without all of that, there is still benefit in us preparing to celebrate Christmas which, again, is exactly what Advent aims to do. In churches that do observe the church calendar, Advent is the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, and it ends on Christmas Eve. In those churches, it's common to read Scripture, have a brief devotional, and light a candle. Did anyone grow up in a tradition that practiced that? Okay, there's a few. Um, My family was often chosen as one of the families to to light the candle, and I fought my brother and sister to be the one instead of the one who had to read the devotional, but it it just depended on the year which job I got. And so each of the candles, there's four candles around the outside and one in the middle, has a particular meaning, and it, it focuses each week on that particular meaning. So the four weeks plus Christmas Eve break down in this way. Week one, you focus on hope or promise. Week two, on preparation or waiting. Week three, on joy or peace. And week four, on love or adoration. Now just to explain this a little bit more, I thought that I would I would look at some of the specific passages that uh, f- that you would focus on, on whatever week it is, uh, one, two, three, or four, and one of the possible scripture readings for each of the weeks. Uh, so we've already w- read one of the suggested readings for the hope candle, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7, where it is looking with anticipation at the reign of Christ. We already heard a sermon preached on this last Sunday. Secondly then there's the preparation candle and a suggested reading for this is Isaiah chapter 40 verse verses 3 through 5 which says this so this is focusing specifically on preparation it says in Isaiah 40 in the wilderness prepare the way for the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god every valley shall be raised up every mountain and hill made low The rough ground shall become level, and the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So this is in preparation. So they're preparing the way for the Lord. And even you could spend some time focusing on the ministry of John the Baptist. Next is the joy candle where oftentimes you will read from Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, which says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So with the joy candle, obviously you are you are joyful at the birth of Christ and it is seen in the presentation of the gifts given to the Lord Jesus at his birth then comes the love candle which oftentimes you read John 3:16 which shows the way in which God has loved the world it says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life And then on Christmas Eve, there's the big candle in the middle. uh, And you read John 1.14 or something like it, which says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Now the point of all of this, focusing on these four themes plus the Christ candle and singing these, these hymns, and praying these Advent prayers and even preaching through Advent sermons is to prepare to celebrate rightly the birth of Christ. I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but it's easy to be distracted. And it's easy to have our focus taken from what the true meaning of Christmas is and what it is exactly that we are celebrating The candles are are often set within a wreath made from evergreen branches to symbolize the new life that Christ brings. Now by this, there are impacts in the broader culture of the Advent season as one of the most common decorations you'll see on front doors and windows, even in our town, is the Christmas wreath. Those those wreaths are, are meant, they were originally symbolized originally meant to symbolize the new life of Christ. In all of this, the symbolism all works together to prepare our hearts to celebrate Christmas properly. Instead of focusing on gifts or dinners or family drama, our attention is focused week after week on the arrival of Jesus the first time, and also reminds us to continue waiting for his arrival the second time it, it continues we, we are to wait and continually uh, be looking for his return with hope and eager expectation so that's advent and 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 hopefully even by uh, whether it's the Advent devotional that has gone out or the Advent sermons that we've been hearing from week to week and some of the songs that we've, we sing on Sunday, some of the songs that we sang tonight, and the Scripture readings as well, we can have our gaze directed at the Lord Jesus so that come Christmas morning, we're more focused on the giver of the gifts instead of the gifts And so our our prayer time for this evening will divert from our regularly scheduled programming to pray in that way, to pray that we would be prepared to focus on what Christmas is all about. I would like for us to pray through these six specific things that I have, um, and I've, I've planned them out, but if there are other things that come up, other requests that you have, once we've gotten through those, we can obviously pray for them as well. Uh, in our remaining time. So then, with that said, let me me, me pray, and then we will jump into these six things. So Father, we're thankful for the fact that you have sent your Son to this earth, and that he lived a perfect life. He took on flesh to come and dwell uh, with us. Keep our eyes and our hearts focused on that this season. We praise you, and we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.